0: And let's hope that we can get through the next hour or so without me having a coughing fit. That's right, for the past two weeks I have been in bed going... (coughs) And I did actually try and record this seven days ago, and never the hell it was. And you don't want to hear that episode. I didn't want to hear that episode, and I recorded it. I mean, I tried to get through the damn thing, but after around about three minutes, like, this is pointless. And when it gets to the edit, it's, we're just never going to get anywhere with it. So kind of ridiculous in the sense that we started the podcast up again, and then we had a two-week break, but that's all right. It was Christmas time. And if you are suffering from this death illness, know that you have my sympathy and you have my support, because it absolutely sucks. I mean, I couldn't even get up the stairs. I had to sleep downstairs. For a few nights, because like I can't climb up those stairs. That is literally impossible. And somehow it wasn't COVID. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Is basically what I'm trying to say. But as usual, when we do take some time off the podcast, wrestling goes absolutely crazy, and it all kind of does tie in a little bit because I went to bed early on whatever day it was because I was like, okay, I'm almost getting better, but I'm not quite there. I was like, man, I've got to prioritize sleep, which is not something I do in my usual day-to-day life. So if I got to prioritize sleep, this is getting out of control. So I went to bed earlier than I have done in years. And it turned out to be the stupidest thing I could have done. Because I woke up and I had text messages and I had WhatsApps and I obviously, you know, went on uh, went on social media. And everybody, I mean, I just got hit with a flurry of news and I had no idea what was real, what wasn't real. WWE's being sold to Saudi Arabia. Stephanie McMahon has quit. Vincent Mann is brat properly. Other people at the border gone. Triple H is now in charge of international events. So well, I couldn't, you know, I, was, I wasn't able to filter through any of it. I was like, I don't know what's true. I don't know what's true. I don't know what I'm being lied to. I don't know who is a, a worthy su- source and who's not a source. And eventually, you know, you kind of sit down there and you do work your way through it. And technically, I suppose, given where we are today, the biggest news was Stephanie McMahon, because that is, you know, 100% done. She is gone from the company. She has resigned, um, which, you know, brings up a whole uh, other, other host of questions that I suppose we'll get into during this show. But as of right now, no. Well, there's two ways to look at this, really. WWE is absolutely gearing up for a sale. There's no two ways about it. I mean, Tony Tony Khan, Nick Khan was seen... In LA, I believe over the last 48 hours, talked to the likes of Disney and ESPN and I'm sure NBC and all of those guys. So I'm sure they're in the equation as well. They've also hired JP Morgan in order to facilitate the sale, which is what you need to do. You have to have a third party in order to, to get these things moving. And yes, look, there wouldn't have been... The problem with these rumors is that people went, no, it's done, 100%. Uh, Vincent Man WWE have sold to Saudi Arabia and now they're going to take the company private and Vincent Man has complete control again. Now that still could happen. Remember, there's no smoke without fire. Those rumours didn't break for fun. Someone didn't just make it up one day, and that's the internet wanted to pretend that it was like. And don't get me wrong, there was some very uh hastily reported uh, news stories and when i did my video for for what culture people like simon i can't believe you did that it's my job man that is my job if what culture says simon we want to make you a video i don't get to go no <laughs> it's my job and i try and do it as best as i possibly can and you know i made it very clear allegedly maybe we don't know things could change who the flub knows what's going on some people went a bit, um, you know, for more full blown than that. But maybe they had erroneous information from people that they trusted. You don't know. I don't like it when these stories come out and then they are disproven, or whatever the right word would be. And we jump on them. Let's let don't. That's committing the same foul. Let's wait until all the facts have come out and then we can judge it in the way that we need to judge it. But. I do not believe there would have been such a hoo-ha without there being some truth to the matter. So I would go as far to say that, yes, WWE is probably exploring that option. Is it the worst of the options? For me, personally, yes, for all the obvious reasons. I'm not going to try and get into that here too much, because I always try and push wrestling is entertainment first and foremost. But that's another reason it becomes so problematic, because it's almost like you can't ignore the other stuff going on, because doing that would actually be a little bit irresponsible. So... I hope that doesn't happen. I already find the Saudi Arabia shows to be difficult at a push. But who the hell knows is the big question. Like, who the hell knows what happens from here? I mean, if they haven't sold by the summer, I'd be surprised just because... I believe they have to start renegotiating the TV rights at the end of the year. And let's say that NBC buy them. Is it Comcast that owns NBC? Whoever. We'll go with NBC. Obviously, they own um, the USA Network, which Raw currently airs on. So they're not going to bid for their own television show if they own the damn thing. And that's why I think the summer seems to make sense. Then it begs the question, what happens with SmackDown? Because if NBC buy WWE, then obviously come 2024, they would then own SmackDown. Do they put that on, uh, you know... Um, uh, a network TV, whatever it is in America, I get confused. Not cable, basically. The same as what Fox does, right? So it's, it's available to more homes. And maybe they would do, because from the research that I have done, I do believe that the numbers that SmackDown is pulling over on Fox is far better than anything NBC is doing. So you know, they would start winning the night, as people say, when it comes to the demographics. But as always, I don't like to get too bogged down in viewing figures and stuff like that. I do think it's an interesting metric to keep your eye on. But I think you can um, can waste your not waste your life. But if you're just trying to be a fan, sometimes just be a fan, right? Who cares how many other people are watching? As long as you're enjoying it, it doesn't really matter. But I cannot remember such a turbulent time to be to be a wrestling fan, especially, you know, in regards to WWE. And... I suppose it's never going to be the same again because no matter what happens, Stephanie McMahon's not going to be involved. Shane McMahon's not going to be involved. So if Vince McMahon is able to continue his hostile takeover, which is essentially what it is, and regain creative control, I mean, it all depends on what Triple H does. I think Triple H has done a stellar job and I would be sad for him to not be involved in creative anymore. But... If he does also get pushed to the wayside, which is also a possibility, I don't think you can rule anything out at the moment, then, yeah, you have to start asking yourself, when Vince Mann, excuse me for being morbid, does pass away, who the hell takes control of the company then? Because it wouldn't be any of the current hierarchy that would do it, right? You'd have to find somebody else. Or maybe a Triple H and Stephanie McMahon would come back then. You just don't know. But the Stephanie McMahon thing has me, has me baffled because she took that one leave of absence six months or so ago, whenever it was, And then there was some very, very odd, um, what's the word? There was some very, very odd uh, rhetoric maybe from the company about she wasn't very good at this and she wasn't very good at that. And it certainly felt like it was a, I don't want to say an assault, but it felt very aggressive for what it was. Clearly she had decided to do this and then there was almost a campaign against her. Maybe to try and protect the stock price, I don't know. But I still thought it was a little bit disingenuous. And... And then we get to this point where Vincent Man does, you know, use his power and his money and his his, his uh, voting power, I suppose, in order to take the hot seat again. And then she leaves. So I mean, there's a bunch of questions, and I don't have the answers. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I'm just speculating. I'm just using my brain as best as I can. Is it because she finds it difficult to work with it for Vincent Man nowadays? Is it because you know Saudi Arabia are even on the table, and she'd worry how that would look in the company, especially their track record when it comes to female rights and gay rights and other things are massively important. Never forget that. Did Vince McMahon push her out? Because don't forget, before all of this, uh, he wrote to the board and said, I want to come back. The board wrote back to him saying, well, unanimously, which means Nick can't, Triple H, definitely a man, everybody else. We don't want you to come back because of all the scandals that were going on. And of course, somebody fired more litigation the other day saying there are more scandals coming out. So what the hell are we doing? So we are still at the start of this process. But the whole thing is basically fallen in on itself. And... I really don't know what's going to happen, and I mean I'm going to talk about it as I always do from maybe a different perspective. And I'm, there's so many other people talking about it. If you want the more direct one, you can. But my thing with all of this, and I suppose we just touched on it, is I don't like it because I just want to watch wrestling to be entertained. I just want to watch wrestling to be distracted. And when you do get real serious things like this that come with real consequences and serious consequences too. Yeah, you do kind of lose that fun and you do kind of lose the sentiment and that uh, that's a real downer, I think. I much prefer it when it's just silly dilly, over-the-top, stupid pro wrestling. And this always drives people nuts, but I do think it's important to say it. It's why it's very, very important that we have the likes of New Japan or AEW or Impact. I mean, AEW would be the top of that tree just because they are WWE's biggest competitor, whether you want to admit that or not, because you're a crazy fan. And there was a good 20 years there where this wouldn't have been the case. And the last thing you want is to have some kind of a takeover that doesn't necessarily fit in with your moral beliefs and not have an alternative. And the fact we do have so many alternatives is important because I don't want to stop watching wrestling, right? It is the most important of the least important things, but it serves a purpose. And it makes you feel warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum, and it can make you cry, and it can make you laugh, and it can get you excited and get you pumped. You know, we go back to that Beyond the Mat documentary when that guy says, you know, the great thing about wrestling is you can just cheer and boo whoever you want, and that's their job. And my girlfriend came to a wrestling match of mine the other day when I debuted on the WWE Network, which I will also discuss. I mean, you can check that out on my YouTube channel. Search for Simon Miller. Just give me a subscribe. Over 300,000 subscribers now, which is awesome. And while we are here, shout out to patreon.com forward slash Simon the 316patreons2. Uh, from now on, I'm just going to say, am i sometimes dilly-dally around this, if the patron ever dies, the podcast goes. That's how I make the time to do this. That's where the money goes. If you want to put a dollar in there, you're helping the podcast. I massively appreciate it. But, um, yeah, she came down, and she was like the coolest thing about wrestling. She's not really into wrestling, which is fine, probably for the best, to be honest. But, uh, you know, she, the coolest thing about it is you can just yell at people. <laughs> you can just say whatever you want. And if you're a bad guy, awesome. That's what you want. You want people to yell at you because it means you're doing your job right. So... You know, that's how I see wrestling. It's silly, it's stupid, it's over the top, and it hasn't been that way this week. I would go as far to say that it's tiring and it's exhausting, and we keep second-guessing everything. But yeah, whatever WWE is, the moment is not long for this world, would be my guess. And uh, preferably, if I had my choice, it would be... And again, you know, all companies are, are controversial. Of course they are. No one has their hands clean. But it would be an NBC, or it would be a Disney, or an Amazon, or a Netflix. Who the hell knows, Right. I mean, people say, oh, no, you can't put it on streaming because it's harder for people to watch. I don't care. (laughs) I have Netflix and I have Amazon. I mean, you say that because obviously people I know it's different in America, but I'm going to look at it from a UK point of view. People say, oh, you can't put it behind a paywall because people flicking through the channels aren't going to be able to find it. Mother Hubbard, I got paid for BT every month. Now, of course, I'm an independent contractor, so I get to claim that back. But yeah, I can't remember how much BT cost me. What, 20, 30 quid a month? It's a lot. And I have to get that because otherwise I can't watch wrestling. So it's no difference to me. I'd much rather pay my 10 quid for Amazon Prime, uh, my 8 quid for Amazon Prime, and my 10 quid for Netflix to watch it like that. I don't care if Billy Joe down the road can't watch wrestling. I mean, I want wrestling to flourish, and I want wrestling to be open to and accessible to as many people as possible, because the bigger the wrestling business, the better for everyone. But on a selfish level, I want to pay less money for professional wrestling. I'm already paying for the and nose. It's on BT. BT ain't cheap. At least I get the football as well. You know what I'm talking about. So... I don't know, man. There's not really much else we can say about this because it's just a black hole of nothingness and also a black hole of everything at the moment as people continue to speculate. But there is no smoke without fire. Go look back when Endeavor bought the UFC. It was like, no, Endeavor's not buying the UFC. They said this internally. They sent out memos. And then one day they went, oh, yeah, by the way, we bought UFC. (laughs) So utterly redonkulous. Now, There will be reasons why they're doing this because they are a publicly owned company and they have to make sure they go through the due diligence. So there's every chance the Saudi Arabian deal is done. Nick Khan is actually going out there just to show, hey, man, we tried. We talked to lots of people. But actually, that's the way it's headed. And that is going to bring up another conversation. And um, I totally understand someone being like, well, I don't know what to do now. Because, well, for the same reason, there's a shows. Again, I don't think we need to head down that path. You know it. I know it. We don't need to continue to bang the drum. We don't, right? Enough people are doing that. It's not good. That's, that's the long and the short of it. It's not good, or it's definitely not ideal. But I mean, I will say, and um, not not that not that they don't need defending, but just to sort of that's uh, the word I'm looking for. Open up the debate at about one rumor. Like there were so many people saying, oh, it's definitely, the man definitely quit because it's a Saudi Arabian company and they wouldn't want a female CEO or, you know, she quit out of, um, out of protest, which I would totally understand. But back to the first one, Amanda Staveley, who is uh, basically one of the owners of Newcastle United or a key figure, you know, she was massively responsible when the Saudi Arabian state took over Newcastle United Football Club and she's still there. So what I'm saying is take everything you read with a pinch of salt, try and make your own opinion up, and we're gonna just we're just gonna have to see how how it plays out. But I know that I'm tired about it all. <laughs> I hope it just gets done. Super quick. So instead we can moan stuff, we can moan instead about stuff like Sasha banks, right? Mercedes Monet. That's much more fun. This is the kind of stuff I want I want to go crazy. I think this is probably the thing I've been tweeted about the most today is people saying, Oh, she wasn't a dynamite. She wasn't in the Tony Storm Soraya. Britt Baker, Jamie hated tag match. And look, I do feel for you if you had the expectations. And you can absolutely say, well, they shouldn't have used the boss line. Totally. You know, Britt Baker dropped that a couple of uh, weeks ago. But the, um, uh, the, the, the problem, from my, I kind of look at it from my perspective. I said this on ups and downs. I never thought she was coming. <laughs> so it's like, if I excuse me, if I don't think she's coming, I can't get mad when she doesn't turn up because I already decided that she wasn't coming. So I think it all depends on, on, on sort of how you, um, how you approached it. But I don't necessarily think it means she's not coming. Like, if I'm New Japan and I've spent all this money, I probably want her to have her first proper appearance, not only at the Tokyo Dome, which she did, but on that February show, um, currently it's called now, Battle of something where she's taken on Kyrie, and look, given the fact that Sheeta has just hinted that maybe she's turning heel, maybe she's not turning heel, we don't know. She could team up with brit Baker and Jamie hayter to take on sarah and Tony Storm. They only need a third person. Maybe that's Mercedes Monet. We have absolutely no idea. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe there is a deal in place, but there's a lot of politics going on. So Tony Khan's like, well, we can actually tease it a little bit. It just won't be for this show. And maybe we ran we, we ran with that a little bit, but it certainly wasn't comparable to what we did for CM Punk. Like if CM Punk had kind of turned up that day and people had rioted, I'd be like, "Yeah, what serves you right? What did you think? What did you think was going to happen? You teased the shit out of it." But I, I wasn't massively disappointed. I understand somebody that was. Like I say, I'm not saying that you're not allowed to be sad. Of course, you are. But I never thought it was going to happen. Although I did think that Dynamite was absolutely fantastic as a weird segue. I thought that Hangman-John um, Moxley match was fantastic. And don't forget, John Moxley doesn't lose that much. I think two clean pins in three years or something like that. So an amazing win for Hangman. Danielson versus Takeshita, amazing. I liked everything with J- uh, MJF2. I think that, I thought that helped Takeshita because he was like playing with the big boys. That main event in the best of seven, holy crap, man. That whole seven series has been tremendous as far as I'm concerned. And... Maybe I do appreciate a little bit more because I have wrestled in a wrestling ring and I don't understand how they do probably 97% of things that they do. And to have seven matches and continually come up with something different and unique and varied, they're incredible. I mean, they they, they truly, truly are absolutely incredible. And I like that women's tag too. I, I thought that was good. And I like the Jungle Boy stuff. I think Jungle Boy and Hook are a really good team. I think Big Bill and Lee Moriarty and the firm are finally sort of finding their feet, which is which is nice and which is cool. And I believe that's everything that happened. I don't think there was anything else. But it was one of those dynamites that just flew by and it felt great. And people get so mad because they're like, um, you know, you give all ups for this kind of a stuff. I mean, ups and downs is a is a positive show to begin with. But I mean, I, I don't look for downs, right? Downs have to find me. And I honestly thought that show was so tremendous. And put it like this, when I sit down to watch Raw, I have a certain expectation. Same with SmackDown, same with uh, AEW. So I kind of grade on a a curve in that sense. And, you know, like, what what do I think was going to happen? What did I not think was going to happen? I don't just see something that, I, I can't explain it though, right? But you you, you have these sort of prerequisites for when you sit down. And in terms of what I expect from Elite Wrestling, that one just absolutely smashed it out of the park. I thought it was so damn good. I really, really, really did. And if you're not planning on watching it, I would go out of your way to watch the main event and I'd go out of your way to watch the first match and Danielson to Keshta, but definitely the first and the last matches. Because the first match was so hard-hitting and it kind of, <coughs> excuse me, um, answered some criticism that some people have for AEW, doesn't have any stories. Well, that was all story. You knocked me out. I'm now back to kick your ass. That's all story needs to be it doesn't need to be intricate when you get super intricate you get the stories like i'm gonna hang stephanie with man on the undertaker cross because you tried to steal my son (laughs) whatever the hell that was that was bizarre wasn't it what a strange old time the attitude era was but yeah and i thought raw was okay as well a lot of people hated raw this week um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. In terms of ups and downs, the numbers are all skewed because we started upping and downing every segment, which I've retired, by the way. It doesn't work. It doesn't actually give you a number that I feel relates to how I felt about the show. Like, I thought Raw was okay, but you would have thought it was the greatest show ever. I was like, well, that's not the point of ups and downs. So I killed that off. But I did like the, the tag team turmoil towards the end. I didn't think it was that boring, especially because we focused on. On Damian Priest, I thought Finn Balor was tremendous. This new Dominic Mysterio character rocks. I do think everything between Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, and Seth Rollins is probably past the peak, but they're all still so good. You know, you you can't get too mad about it. And it does feel like we're planning up for a monster push for Rhea Ripley, which probably ties into the Royal Rumble. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but right now, if you put a gun to my head, I'd be like, man, this is way over the top, man. You don't need to put a gun to my head. Just ask me. Look at me. Wrestling threw up on me. I'm always happy to talk about it. But I would have Rhea Ripley win the... The Women's Royal Rumble. And you can go either way with her. She can either dethrone Charlotte or she can dethrone Bianca Belair. I would actually rather she dethrone Charlotte because it ties into that narrative. And I would rather Bianca Belair hold on to the title as much as possible because I think she's great. But either way, you know, she can challenge either of them and win. Because obviously we have the NXT history between Bianca Belair and and Rhea Ripley. But on the men's side, after, you know, considering it for a while, obviously I would love Sami Zayn to win and beat Roman Reigns, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think that's the way that WWE is going to book, so I'm not going to waste my time on it. If The Rock comes back as a surprise, sure, fine, I get it. I wouldn't say it would necessarily be the coolest thing I would want to see, but I'm never going to get mad at that. You're going to get headlines, you're going to get ratings, it's going to make WrestleMania a bigger deal. And if you're there live, holy crap, man, you have the coolest experience of your life. And sometimes I think it's important to remember that. But yeah, The Rock comes back, Dwayne Johnson, biggest movie star in the world, Windsor the Royal Rumble. That's cool, right? It just is. But outside of that, it's Cody Rhodes as far as I'm concerned. I think that's why we're doing the videos, which I'm a big fan of. I know everybody likes a surprise, but we haven't done this kind of Triple H you know, 2002 build for a while. And I think it's just going to make him into a bigger superstar and get him a bigger return pop. And if he does, turn, if he does come back at any point in the Rumble, you don't know what number it's going to be. It could be number 27. And I think that's the best number ever in terms of win rate. And he wins the thing. I, I, it depends on what's going to happen with The Rock, because obviously The Rock isn't going to lose to Roman Reigns and let somebody else win the next night. He could do. I just can't see it. But I would have Cody Rhodes as that guy. Either you do it at WrestleMania or you do it at SummerSlam. And I would break the belts up as well. I don't think you need to take both belts off Roman. I think you can, uh, can eke this out for all it's worth. And that's really what Raw is missing right now is a main world champion. But yeah, I would get, we'll call it the Raw belt, for lack of a better term. I would get that on Cody Rhodes and I would do it in the biggest possible way. Much like we did at WrestleMania last year, which is why it'd be awesome to do WrestleMania this year, one year with the rehab and the pector and the Hell in the Cell match. And I think you can turn him into a super duper star. He's the right age. He wants it. Um, He he ticks all the box, you know, he has that connection with the WWE crowd. Uh, There is no reason, unless you don't like the guy, which is your prerogative, I don't see it personally. But, you know, I think you can build a company around Cody Rhodes for ages. Even more so if Roman Reigns does lose his championship and then goes off to do movies, which is, you know, something he may may want to do. So that's what I would do. And then we're back to two world championships on, on Raw and SmackDown. Now, I would always be an advocate for just having one. But you can already see with Roman Reigns, that's not what we're doing. Roman Reigns is the less is more character, which is fine. It works. He feels like a superstar. But I think this is the problem with the Lashley, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins stuff, which I do think is great work. And I think Austin Theory especially is doing well. It just feels a little bit past the the peak because no matter what you're going to do with the US Championship, we still know deep down it's not the World Championship, right? And we want the World Championship to be defended. So it's going to be intriguing, though. There's a lot of good uh, pieces in place on the chessboard. And if we do get to the Royal Rumble and we have a good one, depending on who is booking it, we don't know. I think heading into WrestleMania, we could have a super duper card, like a really, really exciting card that uh, hopefully manages to you know continue this momentum that WWE has, which they do have. And they've had this before Vince McMahon walked away. It's amazing that Triple H has been able to continue it on. But again, you look at all the metrics, you look at all the all the numbers, and it was already heading in this direction. So that's why I don't want anything to come in and mess it up. It's the same with Dynamite. I know their ratings talk way too much about ratings today. But I, <coughs> Excuse me. But I know their ratings are not what they were, and I'm hoping that with the amazing shows they're putting out, eventually they do balance out. That it takes time. But You can still kind of feel it when you watch the show they have stars they have that atmosphere they have that noise they have the stories you know all all the things are heading in a good direction and i hope wwe does that too and impact and new japan and everything i mean new japan is about to completely um reinvigorate their strong brand over here in america battle in the valley i think it's called. and i think you know karl is going to be on that obviously mercedes manet and kari and all these big people let's hope that that takes off as well because again it's just going to help everybody the more options the better Outside of that, I don't think that there is anything else massive that we need to talk about. Jinder Mahal was on NXT, if you're excited about that. But apparently he's just there to fill in for Shanky, I believe, who's injured. Or maybe it's Veer. One of them is injured. I can't remember now which one it is. And he's just going to sort of, you know, be the replacement until one is able to come back. And it's nice to have him on TV. Apparently Jinder Mahal is a a super nice guy. Um, And it's just been the Vince McMahon stuff, really, this year. I don't think anybody has been talking about anything else. I'll have a quick look in case I'm wrong but I don't believe I am. If anything, I don't want any more news. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I just want a break. I just want a break and I just want uh, I just want things to be able to, to 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 calm down. And I don't know. We'll see what happens with Vince McMahon. Put it like this. We'll we'll go 8 weeks, 8 to 12 weeks, you know, we'll give ourselves a, a wide berth. If within 8 to 12 weeks he's not He's not back in creative control. I'll be massively surprised. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. But again, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, again, I really enjoyed what Triple H was doing. I thought he had uh, he had found something. Actually, before we do move on, I do want to give a shout out to Mike Bailey, who won the PWG um, Bowler the other day. I believe it was Tekesha in the final. Uh, the, the Jericho Appreciation Society turned up there too, which was really cool. Can you imagine? Can you imagine those kind of guys turning up at one of those shows? You'd absolutely lose your mind. But yeah, I like Mike Bailey. He had a hell of a 2022. He's already having a hell of a 2023 and i would keep an eye on him i mean impact is a great show and you should watch it but i mean this is no disrespect to impact it's just the hierarchy right it's there they're not as high as AEW and wwe they wouldn't say that either they understand their place I think one day he, he does take the, I don't want to say step up because that's, that's way too disparaging, but I think they'd be interested. How could you not be, man? He's someone, he's like a Seth Rollins. He can have a good match with anyone and he'll only ever give you eight out of 10. <laughs> and even then, he's probably gonna be a nine out of 10, close to a 10 because he's so flipping good. But that was cool to see. When he was over here in the UK, like a pre-pandemic, I was on a few shows with him and he always goes out of his way, not just for me, for everyone to give them, to give them help. And the way he does it too is just wonderful. He's a great human being. Uh, Talking about my own wrestling exploits, yes, I did want to kind of go a bit self-indulgent, so you have to forgive me, and talk about my Progress debut, which happened back on the 30th of December, which is like two weeks ago. I got ill the next day. That's life balancing it out for you. Now look, this is going to be on the WWE Network soon, however, if you would like a proper sneak peek, there is a teaser video up there now called I Wrestled on the WWE Network, and on Friday, uh, which will be the 13th, oh my gosh, dun dun dun, Uh, I'm doing a whole reaction video, Progress very nicely have released to me the footage, who the hell knows if it gets copyright claimed or not, but we'll do our best and we'll see what happens, so make sure you tune in if you want to sit with me as we go through the whole match, both the ups and the downs, (laughs) there's definitely some downs, but mostly, uh, as much as I did on the video itself, I just wanted to shout out Progress, I'm not going to do any names, because one, I'll forget a name, and two, I don't know people that want their names dropped or not. But if anybody is listening to this who was involved, you know who you are. I've said thank you to Directly I Hoped. You're all awesome. You're all wonderful. And I massively appreciate the opportunity. Now, for those who don't watch Progress Wrestling and you're under no obligation to doing so, it was a really cool story because I joined up with them in January, as you may know, as the host. Now, I took this job because it was cool, obviously. It's a nice gig to have. But also because I thought, well, I get my foot in the door here and maybe down the line I can have a match. Get to the summer. And this was pitched to me. And this is what we did, right? So I am I'm, I'm going to break it all now. Obviously, I hate Tay Fares and he's the worst person ever. Also a wonderful, excellent professional wrestler who I love with all my heart. But we'd been playing around anyway because I like Tay. And also I understand my role as an announcer. I'm a tool to be used by the wrestlers to get cheered, to get booed, whatever the hell it may be. And I'm totally cool with that. I don't care. Just nice to be part of the show. Now, I, you know, me and Tate would always say, oh, you can do this to me and I'll do that to you, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we, we kind of had these um, wind up moments and the progress, you know, crew realized this. And they said, oh, I think we can build to it. So what we started doing is start to get more aggressive. It started to get more aggressive. There's a show up there at the moment. Uh, it's the one of the Manchester shows, probably September, October time, where it got really bad and sort of Tate smashed the mic into me. I took my jacket off and there was this cool buzz in the crowd. And the whole point is we got to the uh, the show before the December 30th show. And it it, it almost descended into a brawl. You know, the referees in there, the officials and people trying to calm me down. Miller, you're a host here. You're not a wrestler. You're not allowed to do it. Which did build to the December show, which is called Unboxing, Deal or No Deal, which is a surprise show, right? They've done it for the last few years. Nobody knows what's going to be on the card. Every match is in the surprise. So as you probably figured out, Tate Mayfair's comes out. He's in the ring, mugs me off once more. I'm dressed like an elf (laughs) because I have no shame and it made me laugh. But also we needed to come up with a way for me to hide my wrestling gear. I wanted overshoes, which is not a thing. I just made it up. The Smart Progress team said, just dress like an elf. It's Christmas time. You're here to deliver the final presents of the Christmas season. So that was genius and made this funnier. And they made this really elaborate, over-the-top video. End of it. The reveal is your opponent Mayfair's, Mayfair. Simon Miller turns around, spear him, whip my elf costume off, which is a perfectly normal sentence to say, and we get on with the match. And I had such a good time. Like, I really did. I think I said this on the video too. I don't want to be too cheesy, but I know for a fact, and I won't get into this because I like to respect people, that uh, Progress just thought I was a stupid YouTube guy. The previous Progress, not the new Progress got bought out, which is totally cool. I am a stupid YouTube guy. And even I would go out there and say that I probably wouldn't be the right person to fit into the wrestling company that they were trying to put on. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say it's changed massively now in terms of their... You know, they still want to put on bangers of matches, but I suppose there is a bit more wiggle room. So to actually get on there after I thought it was never going to be uh, an option and to have it air on the WWE Network, which is going to be so surreal. I mean, it's crazy enough when I sit down, I can't watch much because I'm my own biggest critic, but I try because that's the only way you get better. It's crazy enough to be able to sit down there, put on a progress show, and there I am, you know, with all the WWE Network furniture around me. But to actually have a match on there, and some people best me going Simon, it's not the same. I know what you mean, but it all counts to me. Like when I first took my bump into my first bump in 2016, if you had told me in the next six years you're gonna get to this point, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds all right. And the crowd rocked, and everything rocked, and like I say, my my sister, her boyfriend, and my girlfriend were there, which added to it too. And my good friend Farbod, shout out to Farbod, greatest guy. Um... Yeah, it was just, uh, it was just, it meant something to me, right? You can could, you could never determine how these things are going to go. But to get that kind of reaction, and I did lose to the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, spoiler, but if you're going to watch the video anyway, you're going to know. And you should have seen that coming, really. <laughs> I won't get into that now because that will tie into something, uh, something in the future. Uh, but I was able to cut a, a promo afterwards, and I was allowed to say some things that were very, very true to my heart. And everybody got up and everybody applauded, and that is... One of those moments where I was like, man, I'm gone because not in a million years did I expect in any wrestling ring, let alone one, you know, you know, like this. So it was badass. It was cool. And as I do have a couple of platforms, such as my YouTube channel and here, I just wanted to sit down and talk about it for five minutes. So I can say thank you, because I do believe it's always important to remain humble and to remain gracious and to remain grateful. Like those, those are the three big things like. I'm sure there's loads of people that want an opportunity in progress and I don't deserve it. Nobody deserves it, right? That's not how the world works. But you put the work in and you just hope that these things pay off. And so it was just, um, it was a nice moment. And again, if you do want to share those adventures with me on my YouTube channel, I would massively appreciate it. And of course, we would have to see what the future holds because you never know you know <laughs> I don't want to tease it too much but we're not done that's all I will say and actually while I am here too shout out to new york as well if you are in new york at the moment come to or just go on my twitter I'll go to battle club pro I'm coming out on the weekend of the 22nd, or the day of the 22nd, i got a match against Sir Wilkins, my first ever match in New York City, which is crazy, because I had a couple of matches in Texas last year, three matches in Texas last year, so now I'm coming to New York, which is which is awesome, Like, you know, who doesn't want to wrestle in New York, so if you are in the area, you want to come down, we'll have some fun with that as well, because that's going to be crazy too, I don't believe Sir Wilkins has ever had a match in front of a crowd, so yeah, <laughs> it's going to be... Um that's going to be a lot of fun. And if you can come down, absolutely let me know so we can have a chat, we can catch up and we can see what is going down. And other than that, I'm just going through to make sure nothing is broken because my gosh, it is that t- it is that time of year. And no, I think it's all, um, I think it's all, that's all we really need to... All we really need to talk about, but hey ho. Oh, they did announce Supercard of Honor for WrestleMania weekend, so that should be um that should be quite interesting. Because it's going to feature talent from AEW and other promotions from around the world. Yeah, that's quite smart by Tony Khan because he's always said he wouldn't have the AEW brand associated with WrestleMania weekend because he doesn't want to be one of those companies, which I think is smart. I, I really do think it's smart. I also think it's smart that other people do it too. I think you know these aren't mutually exclusive. But this is a way to sort of, you know, get the Ring of Honor brand going using your AEW stars at an event you'll probably sell out because there'll be so many Wrestling fans that weekend. So I actually thought that was really smart. Almost like he knows what he's doing, eh? <laughs> who would have known? Right. Let's just move on to questions. Uh, I think that's everything. I usually forget something, but who cares? This is just meant to be uh this is just meant to be a bit of fun. But I just want to say thank you. Start 2023. I appreciate all of you. Right, let's do the cues. And we move on to answer some questions. Thank you very much as always for sending me some questions. If you don't send me questions, we can't do the questions bit of the podcast. Also, actually, I should have said this earlier too. Um, I've got some ideas for how to actually get this podcast onto YouTube, but it's going to take me a little while. I'm basically building something. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it's an absolute mess. So if you are one of the people who likes to watch it on YouTube, don't worry. Uh, it's still going to be up on all the audio feeds, but then eventually, yeah, I've got a, I've got a, a plan to make it look better we will see if that works anywho we start with my man excuse me sean cleaver who says where our impact right now from the outside i feel that it's never really been past the number three slot in the order and the current product personally i feel is lacking in star power and the budget nature of the program is making it harder to watch but i say this as a devil's advocate because there is great talent there with jordine grace and more and it has great comms and creative talent but it just feels like a promotion that had a trigger to pull and is still just hovering over it I think that's what it is to be honest i think it will always stay in the position that it is i don't think it will ever die because they clearly have very very good owners and have, excuse me oh man a very very good uh, business strategy and i you know with aew in at number two now i think it will always just be a nice alternative should you so watch it and i will say this if you haven't watched impact for a while you should it's really good I can imagine that it may become a bit of a feeder system to WWE and AEW, like the people that really get over. And it will also have its lifers. I can see Josh Alexander being there for ages, and he's awesome, and that's great, and it's cool. Uh, someone like Jordyn Grace, I think, absolutely could um, take a step sideways, although uh, upwards, I should say. Although I think she just re-signed a contract. And that's the other thing we have to focus on. Everybody there seems super-duper happy, right? And that's the most important thing in the world. If you're happy and you're liking your job and you're being paid well... Awesome! I like impact. I think it's good for the wrestling business. Uh, also, my man Jonathan Orton said, "What is Moneymaker Miller going to do without a manager now in UPW?" This is true. At the last UPW show, I turned on my manager Lewis Rossiter because he screwed me over by spitting water in my face. I love it. Anytime I talk about Moneymaker Miller, people go, "Simon, you can't be a heel." They never watch this character. They don't. You'd be a terrible heel. Man, it's like, look, you you could be right. You're allowed your opinion. I don't care as long as you're interested. That's the main thing. But I had a segment on the last UPW show where I came out to cut a promo and I wasn't able to say anything for about three minutes because I was booed. It was fantastic. I proper jeered, hate. And you can say, oh, Simon, it's just the fans playing into it. Okay, I don't care. It was flipping great. Ryan Hill says, oh man, (coughs) I do apologize. We talked about it. It was always going to happen. Ryan Hill says, at this point, it's science that you could have Kenny Omega fight anything and it gets a five-star match. Kenny Omega versus a bag of hair, 6.25 stars in the Tokyo Dome. If you could have Kenny Omega fight anything real or not, what would it be? I want Optimus Prime. Well, if we're going with this, Ryan, I'll go with the cast of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or He-Man. Ultimate Sports Talk says, what match matches that have already been announced for this year are you most excited about? Could be your own indies or mainstream. Thank you. Well, oh, that's a question. Well, I, I am very excited for my match with the Bruce at UPW, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> it's a big tease, isn't it? But I can't um what else am i looking forward to this year i mean there'll be a bunch i, I don't really know what's been announced that you could actually say oh well. Wow. i mean if we did the rock versus roman reigns of course i would like it because it would be a spectacle same if we did cody rhodes versus roman reigns but these aren't announced per se i mean what do we have at the road I'm, I'm very excited about kevin owens versus roman reigns I, I don't believe that kevin owens is going to win but i think it's going to tie into the bloodline storyline and Sami Zayn will probably get involved I think it will be a fun roller coaster, and I just like Kevin Owens being in the main event because I think he is truly terrific and probably still, to a certain extent, underrated. And I mean it. Uh, Jerk says, what's most likely? WWE being sold to Disney or Universal, and how would it impact the product? Well, I think Disney probably over Universal, but I don't know. I don't think if a company like that buys it, they're going to want to change anything because they're buying it because they like how much money it's making and what they're doing. And obviously the news that has come out, because I took a bit of a break between uh, recording uh, the the main part of the podcast and the question part of the podcast, is apparently Triple H and Stephanie didn't want to sell the company, which is one of the reasons that Stephanie McMahon left. It does make it very worrying about what could happen to Triple H going forward. But I can only imagine if a, you know, conglomerate US company buys it, uh, or conglomerate in general buys it, they just... Yeah, they, they, want it, they, do, they just want to make the money from it, so it will run as usual. It all depends who's in charge. Like, you know, I'm not saying that Vince McMahon isn't one of the greatest, if not the greatest wrestling promoter ever, because I believe he is. Again, doesn't mean that there aren't awful criticisms that you should throw at him. Those two are not mutually exclusive. But I don't think he's the right person to run WWE anymore. I just don't. I like what Triple H has done over the last six months. Titus says, with Vince back in charge of business, who's more to like to win another world title? Bill Goldberg, John Cena, or Randy Orton? Well, he's not actually running creative at the moment. And also... I don't think any of those people would win another championship. Although I don't mind Randy Orton winning another one. I had this conversation with somebody the other day. Like, if what culture, what culture, what am I talking about? If um, uh, Randy Orton came back at the Royal Rumble at number 30 and won it and went on to win the championship, I think that would be great as one last hurrah, especially because we're all worried about his back right now. I think he could get away with it. John Cena doesn't need it. Goldberg absolutely doesn't need it. Uh, Ted says, Babyface Adam Cole versus MJF What says the man with the finger of power? I think you will get that And I think you'll get MJF versus Kenny Omega And I think you'll get MJF versus a Jungle Boy Because obviously they have history Probably a Darby Allen. There was somebody else I had too Ah, uh, who the hell was it? I can't remember now But I think they are lining up Babyface challenges for him And Adam Cole should absolutely be one Maybe he's the guy to beat him You just don't know the Grant Perkins says, why is pizza so good? It's a great question, my friend. I don't know, but it's dangerous. It truly is. Uh, the Bidded Ref says, who would you book to win the Rumble and why? We've kind of already talked about that. I give it to Cody Rhodes. Ashley, what are the chances of Tony Khan giving CM Punk a high-up position creative role in Ring of Honor would keep him in-house and away from the elite? I mean, none. CM Punk, I would imagine, and I guess I'm just speculating. I don't think would want that. And again, more news that happened in the in, in the interim is that MJF won a PWI award for Best Feud of the Year, MJF versus CM Punk, very well deserved. And he basically took a bit of tape and he stuck it over CM Punk's name and he wrote, um, what do you call it? Uh, His own name there. So Feud of the Year was MJF versus MJF. And so I believe it was Instagram, CM Punk went on there, he posted a picture of it and he said, well, maybe you should put a tape over the ratings so nobody sees those two. Now, we could be being worked, maybe the relationship is absolutely kaput and he's taking shots. I don't know. But could I see him go back to AEW in the same role? Potentially. Can I see him going back in any way to Ring of Honor? No, I don't. Because anybody, everybody, including the wrestling fan base, would see it as a demotion. And I think it's fair to say that Punk cares about that stuff. So no, I can't believe it. Uh, Steve says, the Saudi thing is bizarre, but I want you to get even weirder. What's the strangest thing that happened in wrestling in 2023? Well, it's actually quite easy. Given all the Saudi stuff, Triple H definitely my man turning up in AEW. It's not going to happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. I also don't believe these rumors that AEW or Tony Khan or the Khan's are going to buy WWE Vincent Mann would never do that, but they would be the two strangest things to happen. Do I think either will go down? No, no, I don't. Josh says, do you think you will get a dark spot sometime in the near future, either when AEW do the UK shows or when you're in the US? I always say the same thing. Sean Dean, who books that kind of stuff, he's a very nice man, put out a very, very lovely tweet a few weeks ago when the uh, UK AEW shows were announced. I hope something's going to happen because, again, you've got to take your shot and you've got to believe in your dreams. But we take it day by day, right? There is a lot of amazing professional wrestlers that would also deserve that opportunity. If it does happen, I mean, I'll do backflips. (laughs) It'd be absolutely tremendous. Uh, Topher Bash says, thoughts on this for WrestleMania. Cody versus Roman night one. Cody wins the Royal Rumble. The Bloodline tried to interfere, but The Rock prevents the interference and Roman calls him out for night two, thus making it a cleanish win for Cody, but still setting up Rock versus Roman. I think that's a great idea. Um, I mean, it couldn't be a surprise. So I don't know how you work The Rock in there. You have to have The Rock on your advertising if you're going into WrestleMania. But everybody else I've seen book this scenario says it's The Rock versus Roman Knight 1, then Cody versus Roman Knight 2. The Rock loses, Cody wins. Dwayne Johnson ain't going to go for that. He's the, biggest, he's the biggest celebrity in Hollywood. Him, Vin Diesel and Jason Statham even signed uh, in their contracts, got like punch clauses put in. Like I can only be punched this many times in The Fast and the Furious and I can only look weak for this amount of Of minutes. And I'm sure there's a reason behind it. You know, they get that more than I do. But there is no way The Rock is coming back to lose only for Cody to win. It's just not going to happen. I bet my hair on it. I mean it. Um, Transmut says, which number entering the Royal Rumble do you think Vince will enter at? Well, (laughs) it's funny you say that because, of course, it's already began. People are saying that he is going to make an appearance at the Royal Rumble. And let's face it, if he does, will he be a surprise entrant? Probably. I would do it at number one. Just get it out of the way with... I really don't want that to happen. Uh, Josh says, when you say the elite are comparable to the... So would you say the elite are comparable to the click?" I feel the EVP gives them an easy win to the titles. No, not, not at all. I couldn't, sorry, man. I couldn't agree with that less. Um, I think the young bucks in certain uh, corners of the internet get a really bad rap. I think we all forget how influential they were and we all forget how important they've been to wrestling. And I genuinely think they're one of the greatest tag teams ever. And I think they've done a lot more for this sport than people give them credit for. I think they're absolutely awesome. Uh, Johnny says, what was the hardest move for you to learn when you were learning to be a wrestler? Were there any surprises you found when learning moves? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> they're all hard. And this is the point. I think we've talked about this before. Like, even when you start doing headlock takeovers, which you'll see on wrestling television over and over and over again, no one goes, "Wow, that's a pretty damn good headlock takeover. And still you start training to wrestle. And then you realize that all of this stuff is so hard. And anybody that gets to any kind of company of note is really good. And people may not think they're really good, but they have the fundamentals down wrestling is super hard which is why i try and respect it and i try and be as you know i never use the botches or anything like that right because nobody means to do it they just made a mistake genuinely the toughest thing i've ever done also one of the most rewardings nate says what was your favorite match from wrestle kingdom this year i mean i'm gonna be boring omega versus osprey i mean i thought it was genuinely incredible genuinely absolutely amazing and nothing like i was expecting to and i'm absolutely terrified about what they do uh, uh round two uh simon says you like goofy wrestling so whatever happened to the conveyor belt of talent from parts unknown did wwe stop scouting there maybe i simon miller should be the new gm of nxt parts unknown that's true we don't do that anymore was undertaker parts unknown for a while No, he was always death valley i can hear ted DiBiase's voice from death valley so no uh, obviously ultimate warrior was parts unknown papa shango was parts unknown we should bring back parts unknown simon i agree But Boogeyman was probably from Parts Unknown, right? Wasn't that from like the strangest? I don't know. Yes. Bring back Parts Unknown. Daytona says, even though it started off as a joke, would you ever consider using Derek Manpower (laughs) as a character in the future when you decide to change things up? Also glad to hear that everything with wrestling is going good and hope you feel better. Thanks for the amazing content. Thank you, my friend. Look, that's not... I mean, it was a joke. I'll be Derek Manpower tomorrow. I would love to be Derek Manpower. (laughs) Derek, I, I said to someone the other day, do not take Derek Manpower... I want to be Derek Manpower. And if you are running a wrestling company and you want to book me as Derek Manpower, know that I've already said yes. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, Resting Place says, Hey Simon, excuse me. Do you think Uncle Howdy will start his own faction against Bray or against Alexa? I feel like this could lead to a storyline of Uncle Howdy's faction versus Alexa or Bray. Hope you're doing well today. No, I think by the end of it, I think Uncle Howdy is going to be Bo Dallas. And Bray White will be in the group. And Alexa Bliss will be in the group. And we'll probably have a fourth as well. And I like groups. I really, really do. I don't mind how long we're taking to get there. Because, again, there's a thousand storylines going on. So one we should be patient with. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think we should just pick some a fourth person who I can't think of right now. Maybe bring back Eric Rowan. I like that guy. And just have a new Wyatt family. But it'd be super-duper spooky-wooky. The Ian Sheik says, Biggest misstep Triple H has made since becoming head of creative... I don't necessarily think the booking of Hit Row has been very good, although I do like the heel turn. Uh, The Dexter Loomis stuff went a bit too long. I would have cut that short. And probably doing the whole, you know, here comes a Bronson Reed, here comes Candice LeRae, just because the main roster audience don't know them. And I think wrestling would benefit from doing more build-up videos. Like we did that one for Bronson Reed after he had returned, and I thought it was really good. So just more Reza Ramon style, they're coming soon videos to tell the audience why they should be excited. Sometimes you need that, you just do. Kwan says, hey, Simon, hope you feel better and had a good holiday season. Do you think that there will be a way that WWE and New Japan can work on making a match between Will Ospreay and Seth Rollins in the future? No, only because uh, New Japan are going to say that Ospreay can't lose and WWE is going to say that Rollins can't lose. And if we are able to figure it out, I believe it's a one and done. However, because of how wrestling works, do I think those twos will clash in the future? Yes, I do. It will probably be under the WWE banner. That's just, you know, Will Ospreay isn't even 30 yet, or maybe he's just turned 30 It doesn't sound like he wants to do anything else. He's not using wrestling as a platform to get into another industry. So yeah, before he and Seth are retired, they will have a match and it'll be flibbing excellent. (coughs) Oh man, (coughs) sorry about this, my friends. Kenny says, given the return of McMahon, do you think this puts the shows in the UK under threat again? Clash was a success and Money in the Bank will be. Hunter gets it, Vince doesn't. Well, again, he's not making those kind of decisions at the moment. Do I believe that he will? Yes, but no, that's already booked in. He's not going to piss off the O2 Arena. Also, London will have paid, or whatever the right body is, will have paid a hell of a lot of money for that show. And Vince wants to make money. So no, it'll be totally fine. Uh, Hashtag Seabag says, what's the hardest part of the ring? You know this, it's the ring apron. Chain says, if you bought the WWE, who would you make champion? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, because we need two. Uh, John says, in European, what is the best storyline in AEW right now? Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley. It's so simple, but sometimes the simple stories are the best ones. Thomas says, an opponent of yours that you've been most impressed with recently. Oh, man. Well, I mean, Tate Mayfair's. We'll leave it there. (laughs) I've already destroyed kayfabe enough with that. Otherwise, I mean, Roth is always good. Alexander Roth. I always enjoy working him. I haven't worked Bullet for ages, but that's always a joy. Um, There'll be other people too. I don't want to keep naming names because I miss someone. Everybody. My answer is everyone. Uh, ashley says how's the penguin he's very good i should put him back in video shouldn't i i don't know why i stopped doing it the kingsman says hey simon i recently saw the video from your youtube channel of you making your wwe network debut just wanted to say that it's truly inspirational that hard work and determination eventually pays off keep doing your good work man well that is very kind my friend i massively appreciate messages like that as I always say, we deserve nothing in this life, but we work hard. And if we do get these uh, cool opportunities, then we should sit down and smile and pat ourselves on the back. So very much appreciated. Populus says, do you think AEW or even Impact sees a major market share shift if WWE makes a bad sale and loses even more viewership? My other thought is that if WWE goes south, it's bad for all of wrestling, um, like the S&P 500. Yes, it is bad. You want all wrestling companies to do well, but... <laughs> Look, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. WWE is doing very good ratings. I know it's not comparable to what they used to do, but you have to compare it to the current market. And they're always in the top five on cable, especially for Raw. SmackDown, in terms of demos, is always or mostly number one on Friday nights. And that's what companies care about. So in terms of, and the same with AEW, Impact lesser so, but AEW and WWE are delivering very good ratings for their TV partners and that's all the people care about. They don't care that five years ago, Raw was doing triple or whatever. They look at everything else and they say, OK, well, what's performing great right now? And wrestling is right up there. And I hope it continues this way because it's massively important. Uh, Insomnia says, who is your pick to dethrone Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship whenever that time comes? I mean, I can see Drew McIntyre doing it, even though I don't think he should be the guy. I would have taken a ricochet, but I kind of feel like we've passed that peak now. Maybe a bronze Breaker, you know, that's not a bad way to bring him up. Bring him up, start him on the IC title and then get him rocking and rolling. I mean, it sends a message straight away. And I think WWE could get away with more of those. Oh my gosh, like when Santino Marella won, won by just jumping out of the crowd. So yeah, I'd absolutely do, uh, absolutely do more like that. Sean says, by some point in 2023, will Vince McMahon be back as the creative leader? Yes, I'm almost certain of it. <coughs> Damn it, Dustin. in. Could you please do a video on what WWE wrestling style means? Can you compare it to other styles? I mean, I doubt I can do a video on it. But I mean, WWE style is just what you see in the in the ring, really. And most of the time, it's, you know, the good guy is up at the start. It's basically what normal wrestling is. The good guy is up at the start. The bad guy will then shut them down and beat them up for a while. There will be some hope spots from the good guy where it looks like, oh my gosh, he's going to do it. Then he gets cut down again. Then you get the big comeback and then you just come up with the finish. That's WWE style. Whereas... More independent wrestling can be a bit more bing, bang, boom, flippy, dippy-doo-da, you go, I go, you go, I go. But you need all kinds of styles. Like look at Lucha Libre. I know everybody says this, but it's true. If I'm trying to get somebody interesting, I show them Lucha Libre. Because it's like watching two crazy people go nuts. <laughs> it's amazing. <coughs> oh man, this is not good for the podcast. I lasted so long too. I don't think I'm long for this world. We may have to cut this short because I just had a massive coughing attack. And I'll have to cut that out because that will ruin your absolute life. Austin says, if you had to choose who you wanted to beat Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Universal Championship, who would it be minus Seth Rollins? Hasn't changed. I mean, it'd be Kevin Owens, but it's not going to be, so it it would be uh, Cody Rhodes. (coughs) Damn it. Ivan says, big howdy from Texas, Simon. What was an eye-opening experience for you in the beginning of your wrestling career? How many people hated me because I was a YouTuber? (laughs) I don't care about it now. It was years and years ago. But yeah, I walked into a lot of locker rooms where, I don't know, no no one's had any obligation to know what my past is, but they didn't know that I'd been training for two years and I was taking this seriously. So a lot of people just judged me and went, oh, YouTuber thinks you can be a wrestler. And well, if I was any younger or... So I kind of got into my 30s and I was just like, you know, I don't care what anybody else thinks anymore in a good way. But that wasn't the case in my 20s. So maybe this is why I didn't make it. I did try wrestling a couple of times in my 20s. If that had happened to me in my 20s, I would have run and never gone back. So, you know, all things happen for a reason. And maybe that's why. But yeah, very, very difficult. Very, very hard. You needed to have a thick skin, which actually YouTube taught me. So maybe those two things actually come together. Uh, Christian says, who would you like WWE to book as a Forbidden Door entrant in the Rumble this year, like Mickie James? I mean, I love Jay White to do it, but with the whole Vincent McMahon things, so I don't think Jay White will go there anymore. Um, who is out there that you could bring in that would be cool? Mike Bailey would be cool. I would enjoy that. Maybe it's a bit too, you know, hardcore fan. Um, I don't know who's not under contract right now. I can't even think. I don't know, is the answer. Maybe a Gresham. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, not right at all. Not a question, but imagine we hear three, two, one, woo, 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 oh, rad. But just before they can say radio, they do a record scratch and we hear Matt Cardona's music as he makes his way to the ring. So you want Matt Cardona to come back. So do I, my friend. So do I. Zack Ryder is great. Tom says, who are the ones to take the trio's titles off the Elite and why is it the House of Black? I mean, that should definitely be the feud. I think you need to keep those trio's titles on the Elite for a while just because of the madness. But yes, absolutely. The House of Black and the Elite needs to happen. I mean, it's all right there. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's the idea as well. Wrestling With The Truth says, do you think the best Mania booking is having Cody win the Rumble and having a Seth, Cody, Roman, Triple Eight on Night One for Mania for the WWE title where Cody pins Seth to win and Roman successfully defends the Universal title against The Rock on Night 2. Yes, that's also good. Because then Roman doesn't lose, and that's key. So yeah, that's, pretty, that's, a, that's a pretty good idea too. I like both of these ideas you put forward. I would send these to Triple H. Courtesy of Vince McMahon. (laughs) Violet says, when can I see you in AEW? Dark, we can but believe. Um, Kelvin Zilla says, what was your finisher called? The ups and downs, because I'm a moron. Kenny says, what was your favorite wrestling move to give and receive? And what was your least favorite one? So four moves total. Well, I love the Falcon Arrow is my favorite one to give. When it hits right, it's awesome. Uh, To receive. Actually, I do always like taking a spear. I haven't taken that many spears, but every time I do, I, I always quite enjoy it. Uh, least favorite to take is any kind of power powerbomb. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun. And least favorite to give. I mean, I, would, I don't have one because I wouldn't give it. If you're giving a move that you don't like doing, stop right now. Because it means you're not confident with it and you're going to kill someone, right? So no, I don't have one for that. Chase says, how do you feel about Adam Cole's return? Maybe me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. That is a good guy. Uh, Remember me says, what four people would you like to see... In a new undisputed era type team, I don't want anything like that. Don't go back. We've done it. Move forward. There's no need. There's no need to worry about it. Mike has a completely random question, which I enjoy. Which is better, tacos or taco pizza, and why? Well, I've never had a taco pizza. But I will try and change that this weekend for my cheat meal, because that sounds pretty damn good. My man Spaz Phoenix says, hey Simon, thanks for all you do. You're very welcome. If WWE offered Impact and AEW one slot each for Mania, what matches would you book? I would go Mox versus Derby and Aiden Prince versus Jordine Grace. Oh, I see. So they don't fight WWE guys. You just do you just do matches. Well I would do Jordine Grace versus Mickey James. And I would do. Who would I like to see in WWE? Kenny Omega versus MJF. That's what I would do on WrestleMania. Can you imagine? And did you know the Spaz Phoenix podcast is available on YouTube, Rumble, iTunes, and Spotify. PS, come to Canada. I'm trying, my friend. I'm trying. I definitely want to wrestle in Canada um mike says do you think the shareholders suing vince for this hostile takeover of wwe will make a difference in the future of wwe sadly not i would imagine vince has good lawyers so i'd imagine it just gets holed up in court for ages and look vince McMahon is coming back and there's nothing we can do about it that's my opinion could be right could be wrong that's how i feel about it Magic Touch says, what will it take for AEW to become serious competition for WWE in terms of ratings? Well, let's not forget a year ago they were. When you actually got into the nitty gritty, they were far closer. And also, I don't think we need to worry about it. I know he's sitting on the fence again. Well, I like this fence. Good for my ass. But I don't... WWE, I want them to start doing 10 million viewers. And AEW, I want to start doing 10 million viewers, right? That's all I want. This is why I don't get caught up on it. The more people that are watching wrestling, the more money there is, the better it is for the wrestlers. And the more people have to be smart when it comes to storylines and everything like that so i don't care about the competition between the two the competition for me is simply i sit down on a monday did i enjoy raw i sit down on a wednesday did i enjoy dynamite I sit down on a saturday or friday do you know what did i think of rampage and smackdown and pay-per-views and premium live events that's all that matters to me which promo did i enjoy which match was the best and even then i feel like in 2023 especially because of social media the conversation always becomes let's go with uh kenny omega versus okada because that's the one they go, like, oh, have you seen these three matches? Because two is better than three. And someone goes, yeah, but three is better than two. Oh, no, I prefer one. And you should have those conversations because it's fun. But ultimately, the way I always, the, you know, the, the side I always come down on is, isn't it awesome we've got three amazing matches? And it's true. That's always the way I look at it because I think sometimes we're comparing things for the sake of comparing them and there's no need. It's far better to get more good than it is not good. And it's like when people say, oh, The Undertaker ruined his legacy because he hung around too long. No, he didn't. I don't agree with that at all. When I think about The Undertaker now, I think about his debut. I think about the character. I think about his matches with Shawn Michaels and Triple H and CM Punk and whoever else he has bangers with. And then, sure, sometimes you think, oh, man, do you remember that terrible match with Goldberg? Yeah, but who cares, right? And you move past it. So. It's the same with Star Wars, it's the same with any kind of those franchises. Oh, the prequels ruined it. Not really, because I go back to The Empire Strikes Back and it still makes me feel awesome every time I watch it. So I'm not saying that's the attitude you need to take, but that's the attitude I always need to t- I feel like I want to take. So when people say, oh, what does AEW need? No, nah, they don't need to. They don't need to. They just need to make money and they just need to put on good television and they've won. It's, it's truly, truly the case. And WWE is so big. I don't think anyone's ever going to get close to them. Like my mum doesn't call wrestling wrestling. She calls it WWE. How's your WWE stuff? That's what she's saying. When I want to have a match. Oh, did you have a good WWE match? Because <laughs> it's like UFC. It's the same deal. And Google. Oh, have you Googled that? That doesn't make any sense. But that's just what we do. Anyway, let's move on. Enough ranting from me. Canton says, if you've got an AEW dark match, who would you want to face? And Helico de and a random team against Hardy Party with Ethan Page. Well, I'm not in that match. <laughs> I don't understand. But I mean, look, Ethan Page, absolutely. Although I'd rather team with Ethan Page. I think we'd be having a laugh together. Anything with Danhausen, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, Brandon Cutler, uh, yeah, my man Nick Comarato, Anthony Agogo. I think would probably be right up there. I would love to do something with Anthony Agogo. Anthony Agogo is an awesome human being. Like he's really, he's a good, good dude, and I like him a lot. Maybe that needs to happen in a progress ring. I don't know. But one day, yeah, I would like to do something with a go-go. It's top dude. Really is. He's a credit to the wrestling industry. And we finish with Trivium, who says, who do you think will give Takeshita his first big win in AEW to start his push? That is a great question. Because there's no point doing it against anyone he's fought against. So like a Danielson, it would still mean something. But, you know, you don't have to do it. say, with Moxley and Hangman. Chris Jericho would have been a good one. But I think the action Andretti thing kind of takes away from that. Do you know what? I, I just, he should beat MJF in a non title match. That's what he should do. MJF can lose, right? He's a piece of crap. It doesn't matter if his wins and losses are absolutely irrelevant. So I would, especially after what we did on Dynamite, I would have Takesh to go after MJF. They do a match. Takesh gets his big win. You do the rematch, then Takesh to loses. And you can say, oh, well, that kind of negates it because he's done 50 50 booking, which I do understand. But he gets that win and he gets that reaction. And the key is always to have a, uh, a fallout plan. You know, what, what do we do after this? And all the rumors this week have said, as we've already talked about, that De Kester is in line for a big push. So as long as he does come out the other side of that two-match program and he has another banger, there's another win, there's another banger, there's another win, then he'll, you know, enter that upper echelon of top guys, which is, which is the goal. So, yeah, now that I've thought about it, that's exactly what I would do. I'm a renegade. This is probably why no one lets me, uh, <laughs> no one lets me book the show. Um, and that's it that's all the questions for the week I think we are done I am going to wrap up because as you can hear my cough is back with a vengeance nobody needs that uh, if I do forget to take out that coughing fit man do I apologise <laughs> but hopefully I won't because that would be stupid of me otherwise yeah if you do want to support the podcast um, patreon.com simon at 316 massively would appreciate that um, I'm going to start getting the Q&A's back on there again too blah 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 boring boring I do enough excuses for, for all of us come follow me on Instagram and Twitter at simonmiller316 uh, ProWrestlingTees.com for us as Simon, should have mentioned that earlier. For my Goofy Wrestling for Life shirt, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment shirt, hardest part of the ring, warm and fuzzy in my tum tum, and yeah, got a bunch of stuff up there. So, you know, please do support that if you can. Same with Samson Athletics. Uh, the best thing to do there is go to my YouTube channel, find a video. There'll be a link in one of the videos just because you need to use a specific link so I can track the sales that's how I make a little bit of money. So, yeah, please do that. It's the Fitness Palace of Love shirt, and there'll be more up there soon too. I'm on Cameo if you want to shout out, Valentine. Days coming up why wouldn't you want a bald guy yelling at you and again subscribe to the youtube channel simon miller this podcast will not be going up there unless i can come up with a cool way to do it but in the next couple of weeks when i've done building my mini set it absolutely will do and hopefully it means you can watch it with a bit more engagement and a bit more this isn't just some random voice because we're going to make it look as cool as i possibly can in my tiny tiny room sounds very very weird otherwise though i do appreciate you listening i do appreciate you tuning in thank you very very much and thank you for always contributing too the reason i always do the q and a in the second half is just because i enjoy it i enjoy answering the questions that you want to talk about try not to stress too much about all this crazy wwe stuff because wrestling is there to entertain you do not forget there are options so if you do want to leave wwe behind forever you absolutely can otherwise take care have a great week thank you so much for joining me as always and i'll talk to you soon